Is State Street now a pass-through, or does it not actually represent a thoroughfare in a densely populated residential area where children go to school, where families walk? You're listening to the Strong Towns Podcast. Hey everybody, this is Chuck Marone with Strong Towns. Welcome back to the Strong Towns podcast. When I put together the conversation with an engineer video, I, I did it in a in a kind of a, a moment of anger. I, I explained this a number of times that, you know, while this has turned into something that I think even in retrospect is actually quite profound. That wasn't my intent and it wasn't what I was doing. I, I've worked on a lot of things where I thought, hey, this is going to be really profound. And then like nothing happened. And then I've slapped things together in an hour and a half. And, you know, it endures for over a decade and is taught in college classes and what have you. That's conversation with an engineer. And I think the thing that has endured about that is when you watch it, you're seeing two people, in this case, animated, you know, dogs, but having a a human conversation where they are speaking English, but they're essentially speaking two different languages. They're, They're speaking past each other because the whole place that they start, the the whole worldview that they have, the whole framework that the the way they even use words uh, have completely different meanings based on the language that they are speaking. I wrote an article not too long ago uh, called "Engineers Should Not Design Streets," and to me, it was not a controversial article. It was it was kind of a a statement of the obvious. You know, engineers have things that they're good at. They have things that they are not good at. Uh, street design requires a lot of those things that engineers are not good at. And so, you know, we should not be giving the design of streets over to engineers. We should have that be a, a more collaborative process. One that would include engineers, but would not be dominated by engineering knowledge. Wow. The amount of feedback that I got from that was incredible. And we rerun it periodically in our social media feeds, and it always generates a, a big, huge, you know, a, a, amount of firestorm. I'll tell you what, I had a, a friend whose, you know, parent is an engineer. And this friend, uh, who's very, very close to Strong Towns and to what we're doing, uh, said, you know, my, my dad won't read our stuff, like said, this is terrible. Uh, this is absurd. Uh, the idea that streets are not should be designed by engineers. This would be chaos. This would be, you know, how how else could it possibly be done? And again, I feel like it's two different languages, right? It's two different starting points. When we step back and we recognize that what we see in modern engineering practice today and modern street design is a solution to a very specific set of problems, right? Problems stemming out of the Great Depression. How do we grow our economy? And the theory of how we grow our economy is we increase mobility. We make it so people can get around very quickly, uh, get to as many places as possible. We, you know, a- a- allow people uh, to move themselves, move goods, provide services 
over greater distances and in kind of the you know, free trade mentality, this is going to grow the economy and make things better for everybody. Um, I get that part of the argument. And I, I think I could even go back to, you know, 1945 and, and make that argument to a degree. But that's not the problem we're trying to solve today. And it's not the problem that most people are trying to solve in their places. They're trying to solve a very human set of problems. How do I live here? How do we have a prosperous life? How do we make this place better? How do we safely exist in this space? How do we get around? How do, how do we stop, in the case of Springfield, Massachusetts, people from continually getting killed on the streets in our community? Recently, a woman named Gail Ball was killed crossing the street in front of the Central Library in Springfield, Massachusetts. Those of you that have read my recent book, Confessions of a Recovering Engineer, know that street. That is a street that Destiny Gonzalez was killed back in 2014. In fact, it is essentially the same exact place within feet of where Destiny Gonzalez was struck and killed. There have been dozens of people killed in this stretch of street in recent years. And it is, you know, as you're going to hear in a moment, an emergency. It should be an emergency. It's an emergency. Let me say this. It's an emergency for some. But for some, it is not. The emergency is more about uh, the pushback, about the, uh, you know, the hastiness. Let's get to this. There was a meeting recently in Springfield, and, and I want to go through some of the back and forth in this meeting, because what you're going to get out of it is that same, uh, you know, two different languages being spoken. And what I want to do here as part of this podcast, as kind of like a, a public service, if you are a professional engineer, if you are someone doing this kind of work, I want to try to, in your language, explain to you what the people in these meetings are saying. And if you are uh, one of the people in these meetings or one of the people who's frustrated or would like to see things different, I want to explain to you what the engineer is saying in response, because I, you're, you're speaking two very different languages, and I want to make the language very clear so that we can actually start to communicate on things that are fundamental and important. So the meeting kicks off with the chair. And I'm not going to use people's names here. I, I don't want to make this like overly personal. I know in the book, I, I refrain from using people's names, except when I thought I, I absolutely had to. Uh, I, I'm going to refrain from using people's names here. You're going to hear their voices. I'll explain to you what their roles are in the conversation. But the first person you're going to hear is an elected uh, city council member and the chair of this committee. She's the one who's called the meeting and she really sets it up uh, very clearly. Uh, here's that clip. That we need to see something tangible. We need the citizens of Springfield to see that we are taking these deaths seriously, that we don't want them to committee to continue. Our hearts go out to the families. Uh, I know the Aqua Civic Association uh, is addressing this and is concerned about this, but I want to see physical proof that they are doing something about these deaths. Even if they put up Jersey barriers, speed bumps, traffic lines, something has to be done and we have to see it. Okay. Let me interpret this now for the engineer, because I think a technical person listening to this is going to hear a bunch of 
uh, quote unquote solutions being thrown out, right? Like we want Jersey barriers. We want this. No, no, no. Don't focus on that. That's not the issue here because this council member, you know, very good intentions. She's has no clue what needs to be done. Right. I mean, she might have some ideas, uh, but here's what she's focused on. People are getting killed here. People are getting killed. And like, I'm the council member who ran, who's standing here saying like, I will do something about this. And I am looking at you, our professional team, our staff. And I'm saying WTF, like, let's fix this thing. Come on, get moving. And I've been doing this for a long time and nothing seems to be happening. I want to see something happen. I want to see something take place here. Uh, focus on that part of it. That's the part. That's the urgency that's being communicated. The, the, this next clip is a, another council member. And I think that this is like one of the smartest things that I've heard said in this whole conversation. Here, here, here's that clip. And, you know, I said at that time, what we're really looking at is an epidemic of traffic fatalities in the city of Springfield. And, and when we look at epidemics uh, from a public health perspective, you know, you don't just look at the individual uh, event and say, oh, well, they should have done this differently or they should have done that differently. You have to look at the system in its totality and what changes need to be made. So again, for the engineer here, I, I think you're hearing someone say something profound. They're saying like, look, th this is not just Springs, you know, State Street in Springfield. This is not just the crossing in front of the library. This is a big systematic problem. And we're not going to be able to get out of this by, you know, keeping doing what we've been doing. We're not going to be able to have another little study here or another little approach here or some type of intervention. We've had dozens of people die on the street in recent times, like in the last uh, five, six years. Dozens, like over 30, I, I, it's, it's a profound number of people that have been killed here. We have to step back and rethink things. What we're doing now is not working. That, that's the way that an engineer should hear this. Is like, dude, th this is a systems failure. Rethink the system, get outside of the system. A broader conversation needs to be had citywide around uh, how we physically slow traffic uh, make pedestrians safer, make bicyclists safer. And, uh, and I think that, you know, it's a conversation we've had at many points, but uh, now we certainly are seeing an influx of cash uh, from the federal government, and we need to be incorporating this into our design. I think an engineer hearing this might focus on the influx of cash portion of this and say, okay, what you're suggesting to me is that going forward, uh, as we're bringing in and doing new projects, I need to consider more stuff. I need to get with some of these trends that are going on in the profession, maybe build some complete streets, maybe, uh, you know, add some sidewalks in or some, you know, other things that we can do as we go. But this is something that, you know, as the money pours in, we'll do that. I, I think an engineer hearing that is going to try to fit that into their current paradigm. That's not what is being said. That's, that's not what is being said. What this council member is saying is that like, look, this system is broken. It's not working. We need to rethink it. You actually need to throw out the way that you're doing it now. And the biggest fear that I have as a council member is that we're going to have all this money pouring in and you're just going to do superficial stuff with it. We actually need to do some substantive real things with it, not just superficial changes to the status quo because the status quo is not working. Here, here we're going to go back 
to the chair again, who I think speaks very, very clearly here, but I'll interpret for the, uh, the technical professional what is being said. You know, I, I'm really tired of studies. I want to see something concrete. That's what I want to see. All right, I'm tired of studies. I, I think that the technical professional might hear this and think, well, this is just a reckless politician. This is just someone grandstanding for the public. This is someone just saying something, you know, uh, saying something cute or populist to try to look like they're doing something to take you. No, uh-uh. <laughs> no, no, you're reading this wrong. And I want you, I, I want you to hear this, at, at, you know, use her exact words. Like I'm sick of studies. I'm sick of nothing getting done. I don't like the process that you have set up to fix things. It's not working. It's opaque. Uh, it's non-responsive. It's getting people killed. And I want, I'm done with it. Like I'm sick of it. I want to be done with it. Get something, you know, no more studies, no more of this bureaucratic process, no more saying why we can't do stuff. Give me something that we can do. Um, I'm going to throw this one in too. I, I, I was going to save this for the end, but I'm kind of going chronologically here because I'm, I'm setting up the way this meeting is flowing through. Um, there's another council member that had uh, a similar uh, insight, although he took it in a, in a different direction, one that I think is really important. And I'll add this in here just so we're, uh, we're on the same page. You know, I think there are some things that we can do immediately in the short term uh, that can have a large impact. Uh, I also heard from a resident um, who, you know, is adamantly opposed uh, to increase patrols um, and, you know, their fear, police patrols to um, slow folks down. And, you know, her fear was that we need to put uh, our police officers in positions to be successful. And so the last thing that she wanted to see was neighborhoods being oversaturated with police uh, who are in pursuit of um, stopping individuals who are creating, um, you know, who, who are having um, uh, traffic <laughs> violations. Let me interpret this now for the, the engineer, the technical professional. And, and I'm going to say this with an acknowledgement that I think the general disposition of engineers in many ways is uh, conservative. And, and I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to explain that. I don't mean that in a political sense. I mean it in just like a, the disposition towards the world. Um, you know, engineers tend to be cautious. They tend to build in safety buffers. They tend to have margins for error. I mean, and, and engineers, are not known for flipping over the chessboard and starting things all over. And I, I, I get that. Like, I understand that. I think that is in general, like a healthy disposition of things. But I think sometimes, uh, you know, that also has a streak to it where engineers try to resist like the latest fad. And in some ways, uh, there are aspects of the current uh, social justice conversation that can feel uh, a, a little bit like the latest set of talking points, right? And, you know, I, I think, and I'm, I'm saying, I'm, I'm treading on some thin ice here and I'm trying not to make this political, but let, let me give you an example. I, I know when we uh, were hearing things about defund the police and that was like the zeitgeist, 
uh, in an engineering standpoint, you would keep your head down and hope that blows over, right? Because you're like, that's not what needs to be done. And I, th I think sometimes when we hear uh, things about police stops and traffic enforcement, and they're set in a, a race context, uh, there's a certain natural inclination amongst technical professionals who know what needs to be done and know what needs to ha you know, happen and, and have a certain plan approach to just put their heads down and say, you know, this too shall pass. Like we will get through this moment. I get that inclination. Let me, for your sake, uh, give you a different interpretation or help you get beyond that natural reaction because that natural reaction is not healthy in this case and it's also not helping in this case solve anything or get us to where we need to get to. What is being said here is that a lot of uh, what is seen as safety issues are then empowering police officers to go out and make traffic stops. That is having a, a really negative effect. Not only is it not really helpful in terms of the safety thing you're trying to accomplish, but it, it actually creates this adversarial relationship between the city, the, the government, the community, you know, the, 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 uh, you know, the, the insiders in a sense in the system and the people who are living in a place. That is the problem that you need to solve, right? And if your solution is to say the people in your community are deviants and they're terrible and they're, they're just doing horrible things and we need to get the police and sick the police on them, uh, you're, you're not grasping what it means to be a human. You're not grasping what it means to build something in a place with messy humans uh, you know, who live there. You actually have to design that in. You have to take that into account. You have to actually deal with that. And what this council member is saying to you, the technical professional, is like, hey, if you think that the, the solution here is just to throw a bunch of money at cops and have cops go out and enforce things, that's going to have all kinds of negative effects. It's not going to solve the problem. And it's actually going to make solving the problem, it's actually going to make doing our jobs here a lot more difficult, a lot more difficult. This is not some passing fad. This is not something that's going to go away. It's not something that if you can keep your head down, you know, pretty soon people are going to stop talking about social justice issues and it'll go away. Uh, you need to actually deal with this reality that enforcement is not the answer. All right. Now we've heard from the, the public officials. And now we're going to hear from uh, the technical professional a little bit. And I'm going to interpret the other way. I'm going, I'm going to give uh, a synopsis of what the technical professional is saying so that the non-technical person can understand, hopefully, uh, what is being said. So let, let's start with uh, the first bit, which is a, a clip on how uh, we deal with, as technical professionals, the, uh, the crashes and the deaths and the things that happen within the community. Whenever there is a major accident in the city or, and even including fatalities, uh, I immediately meet with um, traffic division police uh, to make a determination as to at a particular location, what are the issues surrounding a particular location? Um, you know, whether we're talking about speed, lighting, uh, et cetera, et cetera. All right, so here's what is being said. And I, I think this is really important for non-technical people to understand. Uh, what is being said is, 
when there is a crash of some sort, particularly a major crash where people are getting uh, traumatically injured or killed, we have a checklist that we go through uh, to kind of explain, largely for insurance purposes, what happened. That checklist is not covering the things that you hope it covers, but it's covering like the defensive kind of liability stuff. H how can we, in a sense, put the blame on someone else besides our, you know, uh, uh, what we have done? We're looking after the city, we're looking after the community. So can we identify speeding that was done? Can we identify someone who was not where they should have been, who, who did something uh, erroneous when they were driving? Was someone drinking? Uh, was someone not wearing a seatbelt? Uh, did someone have like tinted windows in their car? Or, you know, like what, what are the factors, not us, but what are the factors that mistakes that other people made or things that other people did that we can go through and in a sense document so that when this gets potentially to a court or gets to some type of uh, adjudication, that we actually have uh, the things in place defensively to be able to say, this was not our fault. This was someone else's fault. This was some mistake that was made uh, by someone else. And we have got a process of doing that. It's set up, it's established. Uh, I can show you the checklist and the forms and all that. That, that, that is what is being said. Uh, here's the next clip then. Uh, that responds to this idea of like, what are we going to do now? Uh, with regards to State Street, the last time we had met, I had mentioned a study. Uh, mm -hmm. The study, we are meeting with the consultant next Wednesday morning. Uh, they're presenting their findings to us uh, for the options that they are developing. Uh, so I will have that information uh, next Wednesday, following the meeting we have on Wednesday. And then at that point, what will most likely happen is that the city will look at the various options and figure out which ones we want to do. Uh, and at that point, we would start determining whether it's something we do on our own, depending upon costs, or if it's something we turn into a different type of project, uh, depending upon, I mean, it's probably going to be more dependent upon the cost than anything else, but we will have all that information uh, beginning next or following our meeting on next Wednesday with regard to the state street area. All right. For the, for the non-technical person, let me explain what is being said here. Uh, because you know, you, you heard in the prior clip, the idea that there's a process that we use when there's a crash, when someone dies, we go out and we, we have checklists and we have forms. This is an extension of that. This is saying, there's a process that we use to make changes. And I work for, I serve that process. I'm, you guys are asking me to do crazy stuff. Just go out and do things. I want to see change. No, no, no. I don't, I don't do things that way. Like I don't function that way. I have a process that I use. I work in this process. The process is uh, you know, this is not something we're going to do internally. We, we don't want to do, we don't want to take that on. We have an outside consultant because we can have them take the arrows for us, you know, come in. Uh, they've got maybe, uh, some wiggle room to say crazy stuff that we don't, uh, they'll throw all these options out and then we'll look at them, but we don't want to be hasty. We don't want to jump into things. We want to follow the process because again, I work for this process. This process is set up by, you know, technical people to, who know what they're doing, who have been through this before. We don't want to go out and do hasty, crazy stuff. Uh, we want to uh, follow the process that's in place. I, I, I know 
and here I'm not talking like the engineer now, I'm going to talk to you, the non-technical person. I know that's frustrating and it should be frustrating to you because you want to see something done. What you're hearing is you're hearing someone who is saying, I don't work for you. I work for this process. This process is what uh, in a sense is set up to define how I approach things and, and here's how that process is going to play out. Th this is a different thing than what you're asking for. Um, let me, let me go on to the next clip because this is fascinating because it, 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 it's, it's going to sound to the uninitiated that maybe there's some progress that's going to be made here. I, I don't want to disappoint you by previewing this, but that that's not what is being said. They will be looking at roadway narrowing, median islands, uh, flashing signs, hawk signals, uh, locations of crossings, all of that. So I anticipate a number of different options that are going to be presented to us. So he here's how you have to hear this. If you're a non-technical person, um, what, what you should hear is that uh, within the context of moving traffic and mobility and level of service and, and, and all of the things that we are being asked, uh, that, that, that is our primary mission and objective of a street, we are going to look at what can be done to accommodate other things. So, you know, with the overwhelming mandate that we have to move traffic quickly, what then can we do? And, and there's a whole bunch of things we can do. And I'll just list a bunch, you know, yay, here's a bunch of ideas. Here's a bunch of things. I think the non-technical person is hearing, great, we're going to slow down traffic. We're going to change things. We're going to make this human oriented. We're going to change the scale of this. Uh, you know, and we got all these ideas that we're going to put on the table that that's, that's not what's being said. And that's not what's being proposed. And that's not what you should hear. What you should hear is my, the process that I have is established. When there's a crash, we go out and look at it. We got a checklist. When we're going to make a change, we do studies, we hire consultants, we review this, we meet. Uh, and then, you know, yeah, there's all these things that are going to be put on the table, but all those things will be done within the overwhelming mandate of moving vehicles quickly through here, of, of this mobility mandate. Uh, whatever we can do while maintaining that mandate, I'll be open to doing now we're going to get to some of the resonance and, and this is where it gets, gets gut wrenching. And I'm going to switch back into trying to explain to the engineer what is being said, because I'm going to preview this. These are some powerful statements that are going to be made and, and, and in some beautiful ways, things that should be said and need to be said, but the engineer is not going to, you know, and I don't know about this case, but the technical professional is going to hear these in a different way than what is intended. And I'll, I'll explain that when we're done here. And I just want to say, although I, I certainly appreciate all the study and everything that has gone into the accident, and I, I hope we'll continue having to look at those um, spray paint marks on State Street, marking out the crime scene every day when I go to and from work, is just, I can see my colleague Ginny nodding her head, is just like a horrific reminder. And we just need your help. This really struck me when I heard it, uh, you know, the, the idea that your, your colleague, this woman works at the library. She set this up by saying, you know, this is the person who just died. Gail, it, it was my, was my coworker. She was someone I, I knew and I, I cared for and now she's dead. 
And not only do I have to live with that, but I have to walk by every day the, the paint out on the street marking where she died. It's this, you know, traumatic, horrific thing. I, I think as a technical professional, there's a certain, um, I, I'm going to say coldness. I don't, I, 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 I know sometimes, you know, there are jokes about engineers being inhuman and, you know, wholly rational. That That's not... Engineers are very human. They have lots of emotions. Uh, they tend to be, you know, more introverted, technical-minded people. And so that is expressed very differently than artists and other creative types. But that doesn't mean that they're not human and it's not there. I do think, though, that as a profession, what we often do is we often dismiss this kind of thing, right? Uh, there's a certain... Um, uh, attrition rate. I, I don't think that's exactly the right word, but there's certain there's a certain rate of death and a certain rate of trauma that we don't accept as engineers, but in a sense become used to. And I've said, you know, there's a trade-off here between mobility and your ability to get around and all the great things that come from mobility. There's a trade-off between that and uh, you know, these types of things happening. And by the way, these things happen because people make mistakes, not because of us. We've got a checklist. We've got a process. You know, th there's a whole bunch of things that we do as technical professionals to insulate ourselves from the humanity here. This woman is saying, look at the humanity of it. And that's what you need to actually hear out of this is that, you know, level of service is an abstract thing. Uh, traffic flow and projections are, are, are maybe a little bit more technical, but but themselves are, you know, fleeting, abstract things. The numbers that we tend to find comfort in, we should be less comfortable with than we are. And these emotional outbursts that we are so quick to dismiss as that, just mere outbursts, are actually where humanity is at. It's where people are. It's it's actually the thing that we should be paying the most attention to. This woman is calling on the technical professionals here to actually like experience a little bit of the humanity. And you know what? When we're building a street, when we're building a place, that's absolutely what we need to do. Even from a technical design standpoint, that's where we need to start. That's what you need to hear out of this. Here's a, another council member now. You know, the difference of going 25, 20 or 25 miles an hour versus 35, or I've caught myself doing one day, I caught myself doing 47 coming down State Street. It's easy to do. I think the technical professional here might might hear this as kind of like a, a, a quip, right? Because everybody who's driven has caught themselves speeding at times. And you might think, well, this guy's acknowledging that, you know, he's made mistakes too. And so maybe he's trying to like, uh, let other people off from making mistakes and you have some empathy there and okay, like whatever, you know, that, that doesn't excuse the mistake you make by speeding. That's not what this council member is saying. And you need to hear it differently. What the council member is saying is that this street is designed for high speeds. Don't be surprised when people drive high speeds. I am an upstanding citizen. I represent the city. I'm on the city council. I care. And even me, I've caught myself going fast because it's easy to do. It shouldn't be this easy to drive this fast. That's what you need to be hearing. Um, here's uh, an, an advocate 
uh, someone who knows the issues here really, really well, has been deeply involved in making changes, advocating for changes here. And uh, I'm going to play this clip from her because, again, she's saying something that I don't think is being heard by the, the technical people. And it's interesting that there's now the 25 mile sign on the library sign at the library. Why isn't there one on the other side of the road? And if and if we can go ahead and put up 25 mile an hour signs without having to do a speed study, why can't we put one by the school? What you know? Why can't we put them all along State Street where there are? Um, sensitive you know buildings which i believe is the reason we can get away with putting one at the uh library without a speed study all right the technical professional is listening to this and what's going through their brain is oh my gosh this is exactly why we need to stick to the process as soon as we start to do something outside of a thoughtful deliberative process like put up a 25 mile an hour sign in like populist response to outrage what we get is the whole like pandora's box of well why don't you put one here why don't you put one there uh and then we're going to open ourselves up to liability we're going to open ourselves up to lawsuits because we you know have randomly done things no 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 you're hearing this you're reacting to this in the wrong way and you're hearing this wrong what what this comment is and what this woman is saying is your values are backward your values are messed up the thing that you're prioritizing is wrong look we got you to put up a 25 mile an hour speed limit sign here and you acknowledge that you can do that like you have the power to do that why won't you use your power to do things in other places? Like, look, obviously, if you cared about people walking across the street, there's a school here with kids where we know kids are walking across the street right over here. Why wouldn't you have the same care here? Why wouldn't you have the same care over here where we have elderly people that we know walk across the street? Why wouldn't you do that? I don't understand why your values are so messed up and why you're prioritizing the speed of traffic moving through here when you can obviously see we've had multiple deaths, we've had multiple things happen. Your values are screwed up. If you're the technical professional, that's what you need to hear, not be defensive about process and all this and, and, and you know someone pushing you to do things. You need to recognize that people are actually attacking the underlying values that you're applying to the system, and rightfully so, rightfully so. Uh, here is a, a clip now from another member of the public, and this one's going to be a little bit longer. I'm going to run the whole thing because I think it's really, really powerful. Um, it got to me when I listened to this one. Uh, here's this clip. I want to say that I am obviously not a traffic engineer. Uh, we know that these problems are everywhere in our nation, any place there are cars and people. Um, but I, I really want to resonate back to what Councillor Letterman said about systems and being aware of those and what Councillor Hurst said also about making sure that everyone is seeing all of these solutions. We're counting on um, our, our administration to bring forward the results of this study so that no stone, we hope, 
is left unturned, that this that the study will really be comprehensive and give us lots of food for thought, that it will be analyzable in terms of what actually does reduce fatalities. But overall, I want to say that downtown Springfield on State Street in specific, to get specific about this place, this is an it is now a red it's a residential area that I think it has something to do with thinking about what is is State Street now a pass through or does it not actually represent a thoroughfare in a densely populated residential area where children go to school, where families walk. Uh, Betsy has pointed out that the population in the Skyview Tower right on that corner by the library is, what is it, Betsy? It's at least a quarter of the population of Metro Center or one third, that it's a significant, we have many, yeah. many, many people. And I think part of as we're thinking systemically is the, <laughs> the balance between people and traffic. And I would like us to balance and nod and lean toward the people. We're the city of homes. Let's recognize that and make it homey. Wow. Wow. For the, for the, for the non-technical person out there, let me just, before I get to the technical and the interpretation, let me just say, I feel this frustration. I feel it. I'm, I'm empathizing with you. It is maddening. Let me, let me interpret for the, the technical professional because the beginning of this clip uh, you know, she starts talking about all options on the table. And I, I think the technical professional can hear that and say, yeah, of course, you know, we, we will within our mandate look at all the options on the table. And what is actually being said is no, expand the options. You, you need to actually look at your value set and your mandate and your uh, approach to mobility as being one of the options that needs to change, one of the things that needs to be fixed. And then she goes on and she elaborates on that very point. She she describes to you what this is. This is not a thoroughfare for traffic. This is a residential area. It's not a place that you are supposed to be moving cars quickly. It's a space where people are living, people are shopping, people are uh, working, people are you know, having life. They're going to the library. That, that is what your design does not take into account right now. And what you need to be hearing from this is not a, a call to do a better study or a more thorough study or to you know, involve more people. But to go to what, what that last statement was uh, that she made, you know, there's a balance between people and traffic. And right now you're choosing traffic over human lives. You're choosing traffic over the prosperity of people living in this neighborhood. You're choosing traffic over humanity. And that is what needs to change. That is what is screwed up in your value system and in your approach. That's, as a technical professional, what you need to hear. This is, this is actually a, a condemnation of your entire value system. 
and, 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 you know, she's being very polite. She's saying like, I'm not an engineer. I don't know everything, you know, I, I, I don't do all the studies. Like I didn't get a degree, but my God, like, look at the humans. Like you're, you're just missing something profound. That is what she's telling you. Um, we're gonna go back to the engineer now and, uh, I will, I will switch hats and interpret for the technical people, uh, what is being said. I want to say what we want, what we would want to do for construction. So versus, you know, looking at going into amazing detail on seven or eight or nine different alternatives, we're going to look at a handful of them and have them go forward. But the general concepts of what we were talking about can be shared at that point. Who, who will review those and decide which ones to proceed forward with? Uh, we will. We, uh, us with the, uh, the DPW engineering department, with the consultant, and uh, so that we can then make a determination uh, what we think need can well when we come up with uh, what we think the solution is as i said before figuring out what we can do as a city versus what we do end up doing it into a uh, a bigger project my preference is not to turn this into a dot project simply because from a timeline standpoint those things take forever so i'm trying to find the best solution to be able to get it done as quickly as possible all right for the non-technical people out there here is what was just said. Uh, we have a process and that we use to to go through here to make this determination, and, and we're going to do we're doing this study, and we're going to get a whole bunch of different options in this study. Gosh, you don't want us to fully engineer all those out. We're going to make a determination, and we're going to make a determination right up front at these options are viable and these are not. And then the question was posed like, who's going to make that determination? And the answer was. We are, the, like the technical people are gonna make that. Like why would we, we're not gonna make that like some populist mandate. We're not gonna put it out to a democratic vote. That, that would be silly, that would not be prudent. These are engineering kind of decisions. And so we're gonna make that decision. And then what we will do is we will bring you, in a sense, a filtered set of options, all of which are viable through our kind of lens. So our mandate is to move cars quickly, is to have mobility. Uh, you know, that's, that's the job we are in. And so what we will do is we will present you with a bunch of options that fall within that mandate. So there may be 50 options on the table. Uh, of those 50 options, there's only five that we're going to consider viable uh, and worth doing because they're the ones that meet our goals and priorities internally. Um, of, uh, you know, of mobility and traffic and all that. And so what we're going to do is we're going to give you those five options to look at. And we're not going to like spend a ton of money over developing them, over engineering them, but we'll give you those five. And then, you know, we'll go from there. Um, at the end, there was a discussion about what the project would look like. And again, for the non-technical people, engineering uh, things manifest in projects and they manifest in generally large projects, right? Like we're going to do very large things. And so the question here that the engineer, the technical person is dealing with is, is this something that is going to be a big project or is this something that's going to be a huge project? And if it's going to be a, a big project, then we will wrap that into our capital improvements plan and put it on. And so we can, you know, show progress. Don't want to be hasty. Don't want to do something crazy. Don't want to open ourselves up to liability. Um, but if it's going to be bigger than that, like a huge project, then we're going to have to seek 
DOT approval. We're going to have to go through them and we're going to have to apply for funding and, and, and partner and all that stuff. And that's going to be a, a bigger deal. The preference here from the technical person is to make this just a big project, not a huge project. Uh, and that's kind of, uh, you know, I guess genuflecting towards the urgency that's being communicated here. But, you know, understand they're not, what's being expressed here is not urgency and like, I need to get out and do something now to address this because people are dying. It's how do we fit this into our process? Here's our process. You're going to get some options that meet our goals within our process. And then, you know, of course you can decide. We want to make sure we're doing it correctly. And I'm trying to say this with as much tact as I can. I don't want it to be a popularity contest because some people look at something and say, we think this is going to be the best thing when from an engineering or traffic perspective, it may end up being one of the worst. So uh, we want to make sure that we do our due diligence. I don't have a problem presenting all of the options, but I want to make sure that um, um, we have had a chance to vet them to figure out what is important. And then when I say important, what is uh, meeting what we're trying to accomplish and, you know, doing a raised crosswalk across uh, State Street. Some people may look at that and think it's the greatest thing in the world where the downside uh, that also has to be looked at. So I want to make sure we vet it in both ways possible. And again, I have no problem making sure that that stuff gets presented. I got no issue with that. So for the, the non-technical person, uh, <laughs> th th this is you know, this is very, I think, clear, but let me state it in an even clearer way. Um, the engineer is not going to, uh, you call it a popularity contest, not going to give in to like populist rants, right? Like we're not going to just go with the, where the winds are blowing. We've got a process we're going to follow. Uh, that process is going to be, you know, have a prudent result. We got, we got books, we got uh, standards and codes we've got to meet. We've got uh, you know, all these requirements we've got to go through. This is not going to be something we just do on a whim. Uh, it's interesting because he referenced, you know, we got to make sure we meet our requirements from an engineering and a traffic perspective. Uh, understand what is being said there is, is what I've been saying multiple times here is just, we have a mandate to move cars. We have a mandate for mobility and the options that we vet and that we come through uh, are going to have to meet that mandate. And once they meet that mandate and go through our process and are consistent with our codes and our regulations and all the, the value structure that we have set up around moving vehicles, yeah, sure, we're willing to give you all those options. And you can consider all those options. You can look at all those. Um, but anything outside of that is just crazy. Anything outside of that is, you know, might be popular. People might want to raise crosswalk, but you know, that's going to be terrible for traffic. It's going to make, create congestion. It's going to slow things down and we don't want that to happen. So whatever we do, whatever we give you is going to be vetted through our process, through our prudent uh, set of analyses so that we meet our technical engineering and traffic goals and objectives. And then within that, sure, we'll, we'll let you, you know, pick your favorite option. Um, but we're not just going to, you know, make it a popularity concept. We're just going to open it up to any ideas that people might have. Now, this draws some pushback from the chair. And she's the uh, the next one here I've got a clip from. Uh, she's going to say, like, hey, like, this is not just your decision to make. L listen to what she has to say. So so walk us through this. Okay, the plan, the, plan, the long way, steady, happy, there, there's, there's suggestions. 
Is it just the DPW that decides what's going to happen? Does it go to the traffic? <coughs> Does it go to the council? Uh, Does it go to the uh, a meeting at uh, classical condominiums? You know, people want to be involved in this, and I think you know after what's happened and and uh, the grieving. I think it will certainly help with the grieving process if, if people can be involved in this. I think that's very important. I don't want to just read about it. I, you know, I think we all want to be part of the solution. All right. The engineer needs to hear this in a certain way because I, I think, again, what, what I think the technical professional will focus on in that clip is you know, the grieving, again, human emotion. And we don't have the luxury as engineers of dealing with human emotion. Human emotion is something that, you know, would, would induce us to make bad, hasty decisions, popularity contest, you know, grieving is fine. Like, you know, we all grieve, but we got to move on. And, and I, you need to hear something different. If you're a technical professional, you need to hear something different out of that. What is being said is very simple. You are only going to give us a handful of options that are okay for you. And we want more options than that. We want you to expand the toolkit of things. And I don't trust you, quite frankly, to give us all the options that are available. I want you to give us more options. I want to know uh, what the consultant is telling you. I want to know all of those things. I want all of those other things on the table. And I don't want just what gets through your filter that is not acceptable to me. That is not acceptable uh, to, to, to anybody in this community. And the people I represent want actually something in a different paradigm than the one that we have now. If you're the technical professional, that's what you need to hear. Again, another indictment of your standard process and the way that you would deliver an outcome here. Um, Chris, one, uh, from a timeline standpoint, uh, I, I know you don't necessarily have what is being proposed yet, but if it's going to take a while, which I suspect that it might, um, is there anything that you can think of doing temporarily, uh, and not just at State Street, um, but, but possibly throughout the city? I don't, I don't know if you've been kicking around some ideas in terms of just uh, trying to control um, you know, the speed of traffic in general, but if you could just start with State Street and then maybe give us more of a broader perspective. Well, and actually, that. Yeah, so I, if this isn't clear already to the technical professional people, it should be. I mean, here, here's another council member saying like, hey, okay, we get it, you've got a process, you've outlined that process, you're sticking to that process, fine. We're not gonna fight you on your whole internal process. I, I don't have the 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 inside expertise i i don't know how to fix that but come on can you do something temporarily like the city's on fire like we've got all these people dying like can you get out and do something that's what you should hear as a technical professional you should hear like a, 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 again an indictment of your inaction of your inability to kind of rise to the situation and your your weddedness to a process these people would love to dismantle everything about what you're doing. They would love to dismantle your entire internal framework because it's not responding to the situation that you, uh, you have. Uh, you're not hearing that. Uh, that's what you need to hear. You need to hear not that, you know, they're uh, trying to 
you know, have some populist uprising and, 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 you know, sing and dance for the electorate and pretend like they're doing something. They're representing people in your community and they're saying like, look, your sense of urgency here is misplaced. Your uh, allegiance to a process is misplaced. Fine. I can't win that battle with you. You're intransigent. You're, you're difficult to deal with. Throw me a bone. Like, is there anything that you can do to make this situation better? You've got to have some ideas. You're the damn engineer. All right. Now we're going to get back to the, uh, the technical response. Uh, when I start to get the information from the consultants next week, uh, I want to, I think one of the things that we want to look at, for example, if one of the things is discussing about uh, roadway narrowing, uh, we would do some uh, installation for road diets uh, in certain areas. Uh, and it's, you know, we've done it in a couple different places throughout the city over the years. One of the big ones a few years ago was Forest Park Avenue. Um, we tried it there. It did reduce speeds. It never got installed on Forest Park Avenue because nobody wanted it in front of their house. Uh, so, but on, you know, uh, State Street, that's a little bit of a different story. So looking at the downtown area at this point, and when I say downtown, basically, um, my opinion from say Commerce Town is looking at that area. And if we're going to be looking at some road diets, we would definitely be barriers and seeing what would happen out there. Because I think, you know, one of the things that we would want to be able to show people, and when I say show people, both drivers and residents and businesses there is that, okay, when we do this, this is what the result is going to be. And when we build something in the ground, uh, it's hard to go back and get rid of it. So, you know, how, do, how long do you make tapers? How long do you do this sort of thing? So, uh, you know, and on a road like State Street with the amount of bus traffic, what do we need to do for pull-offs? What do we need to do to get people out of the way? Uh, if we're going to be loading and unloading on buses, be able to keep traffic flowing. There's a lot there for the non-technical person to take in. And I want to key in on a few things. There was a point in here where he talks about a project that had been done before, a road diet kind of thing that had been done before, but it never got fully implemented because, quote, you know, people didn't want it in front of their house. And you need to hear that, the non-technical person, for for what is being said. Because what is being said is, hey, you guys like all this stuff. You think it's cute. You think it's nice. Nobody else wants it. And if you're going to make me go through and do it, it's going to backfire on you and it's going to blow up in your face. That's what the engineer is saying to you. He's saying, hey, remember that time when you didn't take my advice? Remember that time when you wanted to do that cute thing? Uh, You know remember, this isn't going to work out well for you if you don't follow what I'm saying. That, that, that's what he's saying to you there. Um, he's, you know, he's, he's, he's sensitive to the complaints in a sense and, and wants you to see that if you don't trust the process, if you don't follow the deliberative thing, if you want to do crazy stuff, you're going to waste a bunch of time and, and, and not, uh, you know, have things not work. He also is expressing to you that he works in, uh, deliberative processes. You know, he, he's going to do a, a large project, a large deliberative process. So, you know, he says like, I, I don't want to put something in place and then have it be ripped out. If it's, if we're going to do it, it's going to be there for a long, long time because there is no like temporary action that follows out of these processes. This process is very deliberative, uh, very formal, very top down. 
And, you know, that's the way that we work and that's the way that things are going to unfold. And so, you know, don't, uh, don't expect anything out of that. Let's make sure we, we process this right. It wants I, I thought it was interesting, you know, the emphasis on keeping traffic flowing, um, you know, it, 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 it's, it's, it's important for the non-technical people to recognize here that the technical person is not working for you. They are working for the system. They are a creature of the system. They work for the system. They look at the system as being the thing that not only protects them, but protects you and protects the community. And so their allegiance is not to you. It's not to an elected hierarchy. You, you, you're kind of the crazy people that want them to vary outside the system. What they work for is a bureaucratic process, the system. Uh, and the system is slow and deliberative because if you're not slow and deliberative, you're going to wind up doing things, you know, that quote, people don't want in front of their house. And, you know, gosh, we, could, we, we, we couldn't handle that. That would be a, a very bad thing. Now we're going to hear from a resident who I think is reading between the lines I really well. I appreciate what I'm hearing around not wanting to do something hasty and wanting to be sure it's the right solution and waiting for the study. And, and I don't want to discount the expertise involved in these things that are that are um, that are based on studies, right? That are data based. At the same time, I'm really not hearing anything that is gonna happen in the super short term. And so I guess what I'm asking is, is the answer no, that you're refusing to do something in the immediate term for State Street? Because I I just wanna hear someone actually say that. Are you saying no, there is nothing we will do in the next couple of weeks to help with speeding on State Street? For the technical people listening, I don't think that needs much interpretation. That actually was probably the best question of the day or the most pertinent one. You know, look, are you saying no, nothing's going to be done within the next couple of weeks? That, that's exactly what the person is asking. They're saying to you, like, action to me means you go out and do something, not a study, not a committee, not a consultant. You go do something. Are you going to do something in the next couple of weeks? Um, here's the technical response. Not until I know what the proposed solutions would be. I don't want to put something out there that then ends up going to get a change two weeks later. So for the non-technical person, you're hearing a no, right? But, but the, it's, it's more than no. It's no, I work in a process. I have a system that I use and go through that includes studies and consultants and, and, and deliberation and filtering of options. Until I go through that process, I'm not ready to go out and do something because doing something would be hasty. And, and the worst thing that could happen is if we spend some money doing something and then we have to take it out. From the engineer's perspective, that is like a, a really horrific option. Now, <laughs> I realize from the non-technical person's standpoint, especially the people here in this meeting, people dying is the worst thing that could happen. Uh, for an engineer, you know, there's a whole bunch of reasons why that's not what they feel their calling is or that's not what they feel their mandate is. Uh, for them, it is uh, going outside of this process, going outside of this kind of deliberative uh, approach that they believe is designed to protect people. And so for them, you know, the idea of doing something seems uh, kind of hasty. Here's uh, now the, the chair coming back again. 
Well, I have to agree with, with my neighbor, who I didn't know was my neighbor. I want to see something tomorrow, even if it's a wooden horse or if you put up, you know, those signs that you have. You're going so 25 miles an hour. We need, before this study, something needs to be physically seen before the study. I mean, even if you paint something, an action has to has to be taken and, and I don't know where that comes from. We have to go to the traffic commission if the city council can pass a resolution saying we want some sign that we realize there's a problem here and we want to protect our patrons and our pedestrians. But I feel very strongly like, like the rest of the females on this call. I kept that line in there about the females on the call, not only because it was true and insightful, uh, but because I, th I think it's one, again, that the technical professional might react against in, in the same way that, you know, the race issue with pulling traffic over. It it's one of those things where, like, it's, it's outside of our mandate. It's outside of our calling. And so, you know, that's what, like, social people deal with. That's... Uh, that's, you know, why you have social workers and sociologists and, and other things. It's, that's not math. That's not numbers. That's not a, a technical calling. And I, I want the technical person to know and understand that you are wrong. You're wrong. You're wrong. Uh, we work as technical people in providing these platforms for society. And if you ignore society in that, you, you're just, you know, you, you're just doing tinker toys, right? Like you're just building something for the sake of building it. There's no why there to it. Um, the, the chair here is saying like, I want something out there now. Like, where's the sense of urgency? And if you're the technical person, again, you should hear this as an indictment of your process. Your process is not responsive. And l let me give you an example so you can like have something tangible to think this through because there's some great literature. There's the book Tactical Urbanism that goes through and explains how to do this. There's lots of places that are doing these type of, you know, temporary quick step up kind of things. You absolutely have the capacity to do this and could do this. Um, and, and in terms of hiring consultants to look at options, uh, the money you're going to spend and the time you're going to spend doing that could be better spent doing some type of intervention out there on a temporary basis to see what would work and to model it. I know that sounds scary to the technical person, but let me give you a bridge. We do, as technical people, as construction people, we do temporary traffic control all the time, right? We go out and put up signs and barricades and jersey barriers and, and all these things when we're doing construction. We know how to do this. We studied it. We have long history of, of doing this successfully. Go out and do that, right? Like if you're going to try a, a lane narrowing, treat it like a construction project with no construction people there, right? Like you know how to do this. This is not something that you have to reinvent the wheel to do. This is something that you actually have the capacity to do. This chairwoman here is calling on you to do that. And she is pointing out that everybody in this meeting is calling on you to do something now, not go through your deliberative process, not filter out all the responses to make sure they meet your goals. They want action now. You have the capacity to do this. That's what you need to hear is that the process that is keeping you from doing that is the problem. Uh, thanks, Madam Chair. Yeah, I was just going to say, Chris, some of the um, 
temporary measures you described sound like things that would take place, you know, as precursors to, you know, some sort of sort of trial run after the study. But I think what people are looking for is, is a, is a truly temporary and immediate reaction. So can you answer? So that's one of the not females on the call. And, uh, I, you know, it's, it's the same thing. If you're a technical professional, you, you're being called on the carpet here now saying like, why do we have to wait for a study? Why do we have to wait for this deliberative process? You've got technical knowledge. You've got understanding. We, we, we all kind of know what needs to be done here. Why can't we go out and temporarily do something to alleviate this crisis? Because, hey, people are dying. People are dying. Where's the sense of urgency? If you're the technical professional, you should feel a high level of shame right now adhering to your process. And, and, and you should recognize that you're being called to do something very different than what is comfortable for you. Um, here's, the, here's the technical side now. And we're getting near the end here. This is uh, going to be probably the longest clip in this whole thing. There's a lot to break down here. I could do it in little bits, but I, I think it's better just to have it all as one. Uh, here you go. In general, no, I don't have a problem. Signage, things like that. What I want to make everybody aware of, for those of you who uh, three, four months ago, West Springfield with the state decided to do something on Route 5. Yeah. Next day, there's a fatality there because it was one of those, let's throw something out there to get it done. And now everybody is scrambling. It's where was the study? Did anybody review this? Did anybody take care of this? But they are going to narrow Route 5 at that. They have... My understanding is they've decided they actually are going to narrow Route 5. Right. Um, well, I, no, yeah. I, I, I understand that, Betsy. But when they did the temporary stuff, they did it without any, um, I almost like they threw it out there type of thing. And that's what I want to avoid. I just don't want to throw something out there that is going to also cause something. So it has to be thought through if you're, if you know, one of the problems that I have with the stuff in West Springfield is you were driving two lanes going southbound at, at uh, McDonald's, they didn't have, there wasn't any advanced signage. So all of a sudden a tractor trailer just is in the right lane going 40 miles an hour and just plows through everything. So that's what I, I need to figure out is that if we're doing barrels, if we're doing cones, if we're doing something that you have enough taper distance, you have enough signage, you have enough advanced warning, that is not just as simple as throwing out a barrel. Because people who are driving on that road at an appropriate speed now all of a sudden have to do weaving and get from right lane to left lane, as well as buses, as well as that. So you have to do that taper, you know, per standards and get it done. So just throwing something out there to do it is something I'm against. I want it to be as thought through as possible so that if anything happens out there, we are all protected. And the idea of just throwing something out for the sake of doing it with and seeing if it works is not something that I really want to do without any thought on it. And then, you know, opening up too many people to liability issues. Before I interpret that as the technical, for the non-technical people, I, 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 as an aside, I, I'm a parent and I fully recognize this strategy, right? Uh, I, I want to get my kid to do something. I want them to act in a certain way. And so I, I throw out, you know, this like crazy worst case scenario, you know, there 
I remember when there was a kid who, uh, you know, didn't uh, pay attention behind the wheel and they drove off the road and died and, and their whole, you know, and, and you, 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 you take and you key on this and, and these stories actually become like legends within the profession uh, because you know, the, the story of like, well, remember on route five where they did this and then someone died, th those things become the thing that justifies everything else. Right. And so let, let me give you the, the technical interpretation here, because I think there needs to be some analysis that goes with it. But the, the technical thing is here is like, look, bad things happen when we deviate outside this process. Remember when, uh, this bad thing happened over here because, uh, you know, and, and maybe that's not why, because, but that's what we're going to, that's our narrative. Our narrative is because of this, because we didn't follow the process because we were too hasty. We weren't deliberative and bad, bad things happened and people died. And so, you know, I don't want that to happen to you. I don't want you to be scared about that. Um, if we go out and we start doing things hastily, we start varying outside the process. I can't promise what's going to happen. And you know what? We could have a lot of liability. We could get a lawsuit. Uh, someone else could get killed and died and, and, and we would not be protected. And, uh, you know, um, bad, bad things could happen if we're not deliberative, the way we protect ourselves. And by protecting ourselves, I don't mean protecting people. I'm speaking as the technical professional here. I don't mean protecting humans. I don't mean doing what you're saying. I mean, protecting us from liability. I, I don't want my license in question. I don't want people to file complaints against me. I don't want people to file lawsuits against the city. I, 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 I don't want those things to happen. I also have this mandate to meet about mobility and moving traffic. And, and so in order for me to meet that mandate and for us to not have, you know, these situations, we have to follow this very deliberative process, stick to the codes, stick to everything else. I, I feel like there's got to be some analysis with this because this is where I think things get the most absurd. Um, you know, we do create these like internal legends within the profession uh, that we use to tell ourselves stories about where liability comes from. Liability should come from having dozens of people killed on the street. I mean, that's where the liability should come from, regardless of what your standards say or what your, you know, approach says or what your deliberative process is. The liability should come from when you just get people killed over and over and over again and you fail to do anything. I, I, I think that this line in here about liability and, you know, if we proceed in a hasty way that will create all kinds of liability for ourselves. It, sure. If, if you're just going to go out and like throw stuff down, uh, yeah, that might be the case. But if you document what you're doing and why cities have tremendous amounts of latitude, tremendous amounts of latitude. And not only that, but like I said before, we, we know how to do this kind of stuff temporarily. I mean, we've, we've, we, we do construction zone stuff all the time and we don't have all kinds of problems with that. We, we know how to make this kind of stuff happen. But this idea that the primary goal here should be that, quote, we are all protected. What the technical professional is saying to you there is not that you're protected in the sense that your safety is increased, your prosperity increased, your community is, is more productive and, and viable and, and, and successful. That's not the kind of protection they mean. What they mean is my license will not be challenged, or if it is, I can successfully ward off that challenge. Uh, 
we will not be sued. I will not have to spend time in lawsuits. And if I do, I will have a ready defense. And uh, we won't have to deal with that because we can say we were following the rules and the established process. Um, I'm going to go back to the chair here for uh, to get us near the close. Make sure I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't mind seeing you throw something out today, even if you take it down in in two weeks. We are asking for immediate, direct ans- answers. What I think was clear in that clip was that she actually interrupted him and said, "You know, like, hey, like you, you can go through all this stuff, but we're sick of it." We're sick of it. We're done with it. And I just want to applaud her so much. Again, for the technical people, I think you realize what you're hearing by now. What you're hearing by now is that, like, I'm going to interrupt you. I, I'm not going to listen to this anymore. You got to do something. Like, this is not acceptable. And if, if you're a technical person and you're at this point and that is not abundantly clear what is being said, that your internal process is broken, um, I, 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 you should not be in engineering. Here's a final, uh, here's a final clip from one of the council members. You have to think it through, which I get, and I'm all for it. I just don't want that time period in which you think it through to be the same timeline in which you get the permanent, uh, you know, some of the, some of the permanent things from the study that yeah. you end up doing. And so it'd be nice if we could at the very least hear a time frame in which you might be able to think through what you can do in the you know very near future uh, i think that might help appease some folks again for the technical professional it, this is just a, a cry for help right it's like a plea please like get something in the very near future like i, I get it you're gonna do process you're gonna go through all that okay i'll respect it but i want to see something now this is where I think things are broken the most. And, and I'm going to go back to where I started this whole podcast uh, with you know the, the conversation with an engineer video and with the article I wrote that engineers should not design streets. What is broken here is the process, right? The engineer has a process that they're using and all of the the... the the technical responses and the action flows through that process. And that process starts with a mandate, the mandate to move traffic, have mobility uh, and, and, and all of the kind of constraints of where the funding comes and working through that. And the technical professional puts everything through that lens and that prism. And that keeps them from communicating clearly. And it also keeps them from understanding clearly what is being said to them. That process is what is broken, is what is broken and needs to go away, particularly for street design. I'm fine with the process for road design. If you're going to build highways, if you're building stuff, use a deliberative process, that's fine. But when we're talking about street design and when we're talking about responding to crises in our neighborhoods, this is not acceptable. This is a broken system and it needs to go away. It needs to go up in flames. For the non-technical people out there, I think there needs to be a recognition that this is a broken system. This is wrong. And we should not be giving over our street design process to engineers. Engineers have things to say. They have helpful things to do with the street design process. But the street design process is not an engineering process. You can hear that throughout this conversation. It is something else. It is something different. 
It needs to start with a different set of values. It needs to be led by a different conversation. The the, the people here, what, what we're seeing here is we're seeing elected officials saying, how do we uh, burst through this opaque process that's been set up to engineer mobility in order to get a different result? And the answer is you can't, you won't, it's not going to happen. Not without like some you know massively heroic transformation in terms of who your engineers are, who your technical people are and what they're going to do. And, and for, you know, there are examples of that. There are a handful across North America that we can point to. Um, but not everybody's city is going to have a hero, right? Not every place is going to have someone transformative. We, we have to work with the people we have. How do we do that? We give the process over to a non-technical person. We actually give it over to someone who is going to put the other values ahead and push on those values and, and basically direct the process in a way where the engineer contributes their knowledge and their expertise, where their expertise creates value, uh, but leads with a different set of understandings in a different place. There's nothing that requires us to give our street designs over to technical professionals like this just blindly following their process and adhering to it. There's nothing that makes us do that. I'm going to close with this. I don't think that any of the actors here are bad people. Uh, I don't think that any of them have ill will in their hearts, uh, are, you know, bad actors are, I, I don't even think any of them, uh, I don't think any of them are willing to sacrifice human health and prosperity, uh, you know, for, for, for a narrow set of interests. I, I think that even the technical people here uh, believe that what they're doing and what their approach is, is the best for the public health and safety of society. I, I, I think that they believe that. They are wrong, but I think that they believe that. Let's, you know, stick with the idea that people here have the best of intentions and, and want what's right. But let's recognize that the systems we have in place are designed to solve a very specific set of problems, right? How, how do we increase mobility? And that's not the set of problems we're trying to solve right now, particularly in our core neighborhoods in our cities. The problem we're trying to solve right now is, is how do we make these places productive? And that means making them safe, safe for people on foot, safe for people on bike, safe for people in wheelchairs and skateboards and, and what have you. It means thickening up those neighborhoods, making them better places to live, better places to invest, uh, attracting that type of incremental investment throughout. And that all conflicts with the goal of moving cars quickly. Moving cars quickly needs to go away as a public policy objective, and it needs to be replaced by building great places. We need to get rid of our road standards within our cities and actually come up with a street design process, one that is not beholden to the engineer, the technical approach, the traffic studies, all the long deliberations, the big transformative projects. That all needs to go away. And we need to adopt a strong towns approach, a real bottom-up incremental way of fixing our places, making them safe, making them productive, and making them great places to live. Here's the amazing thing about that. It doesn't need federal legislation. It doesn't need federal funding. It doesn't need a major infrastructure bill. It doesn't require the state to be on board. It doesn't require, uh, you know, huge amounts of, of money. It, 
all it requires is a shift in mindset, a shift in emphasis, a shift in approach. And if we can do that, what we'll find is that we can make really modest investments. Uh, we can, you know, focus on the things that are most important and make really modest incremental changes and see amazing, amazing returns, amazing financial returns, amazing safety and public health returns, and amazing quality of life returns. It's just going to take a different approach. Thanks, everybody, for listening. I know this one was a little bit long. We're on a staff retreat next week, so uh, this podcast will go out, and there might be a little bit of gap between the next one, but we'll get back to you real soon. Take care, everybody, and keep doing what you can to build a strong They know that America's one big pothole right now. Chuck Marone, this has been fascinating. Who made the city? I like you. I like your vision of the of the world. The United Nations Earth Summit, Agenda 21. Yeah.